Hello and welcome to another edition of the Forkstown Podcast. Your one-stop shop for anything and everything surrounding the Seattle Mariners baseball team. My name is Rick Clark and with me as always, the greatest Eagle Scout to come out of Troop 316 in Pinehurst, Idaho, Mr. Bo Chisholm. Bo, how are you doing tonight? Uh, Mr. Clark. I'm doing uh, very well, doing very well. Um, I have to correct you just a little bit. It was, it was troop three two six. So oh, did I say three sixteen? Three, so, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, shoot! So. We're gonna have to go back yeah. and recut the intro. You're gonna have to, no, re- just re- you're gonna have to recut that. No, uh, no, things are going well. Um, uh, maybe rough on the baseball side of things, but um, you know what? Other than that, uh, things are going well. How are how are things on your side of things? Uh, it's going well. Uh, <clears throat> had to stay a little bit later at work today, but you know, I made it home just in time for the podcast and, uh, I got the NFL draft going on the corner here. I know you're not a big NFL fan, but, um, welcome to Seattle, Devin Witherspoon, cornerback from Illinois. Um, he should be a great fit and I'd be very remiss right now if I didn't talk about the Kraken because God, that game yesterday, it was one of the greatest games I think I've watched in a while. Like, like it had everything. A lot of fun. I I know you said you were watching it, right? Uh, yep, I caught the I got the, caught the tail end. Uh, yep, that, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. The last yep. five minutes, it was like the Gonzaga game, the Gonzaga Final Four game. I'm standing up, just going, "Please don't go to overtime. Win this game. Win this game, please." But uh, yeah, no, it was it was a great game. I don't know. I just love sports. I I know I say it sometimes. I hate sports, especially, you know, after watching the series in Philadelphia for the Mariners. But, God, there's there's certain times that I just love sports. Agreed. Definitely agreed. Yes. Maybe not today on the baseball side of things, but, uh, mm-hmm. yes, other than that, absolutely love sports. Yep. Call. Before we get into it, thank you, thank you, thank you again for coming and checking in on this edition of the Forks Down Podcast. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. New listeners, hey, we keep bringing some people on. We love you for it. Thank you for choosing the Forks Down Podcast. And hopefully, you know, we're your new home for Mariners Baseball Talk. Um, If you haven't already, go hit like and subscribe on our Facebook pages, our Instagram pages. Um, You can search Forks Down Podcast and – you know, we'll, uh, we can continue the conversation there if you so choose. Um, inbox is always open on those. You know, Bo and I can can hit up some questions if you want to inbox us. Also hit like and subscribe on our on your podcast listening app. Um, that's Spotify, Apple Podcast, you know, basically however you're listening to it. Uh, maybe go on there, give us five stars. Not for our egos, obviously, but um, it just helps drive us up the charts a little bit, the 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 huge air quotes here charts you know um it'll get us a little more visibility and uh you know but just listening to it for us we're very appreciative for that so thank you again um with that out of the way being said you know let's get let's get to a bow and uh you know i think the mariners were kind of kicked um a couple times this week especially during the philadelphia series because um, going into it, they did not get some really good news on Robbie Ray. Yep, it, uh, it appears that Robbie Ray is going to be um, out for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe um, he uh, that was the latest news that we received. And... Um, I don't know how to feel about it, man. I, uh, I mean, I know we signed a big deal with him, right? And now he's going to be missing everything to that flexor. I guess it's a flexor, flexor mm-hmm. tendon. I don't even know what all is involved with all that, but um, <clears throat> it's a, it's a blow. It's definitely a blow. I felt like he had a good spring training. We felt like um, he was going to be an important part of the rotation, and we thought that there was a good chance that maybe he had. Um, I don't even, I wouldn't even need to call it like a big bounce back. Like I thought he was perfectly fine last year in the regular season for what we expected out of him. Um, postseason, obviously different. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I thought he was set up for big things and it's, 
yeah, I guess it's sad to see that, you know, we're not going to get him for the rest of the year. And we kind of just lose a year of that contract that we had with him. Um, but I think I'm maybe on the other side. I don't know how you're feeling about it. I think this might open up some opportunity of some sort, right. For, um, you know, whoever that may be, there's a long list of names that it could potentially be. Um, if you want to start with Hancock or Brian Wu mm. or Prelander Baroa or Taylor Dollard or whoever it might be, it may open up an opportunity there, but, um, regardless, it sucks to have a, you know, a guy that I think was going to be a very positive contributor to us, um, kind of go down like that. Yep. Um, you know, you, you bring up Hancock, you bring up Wu. Obviously, they could they could get the call at any time. Um, you got guys in AAA, McConnell, um, Tommy Malone. I would say Taylor Dollard, but he's not having a great time down in AAA right now. Um, but, I mean, could this open potentially a trade-up for the Mariners, too? Because, you know, Jerry loves to trade, and... You know, with Robbie Ray being out and Flexen not really dealing something, you know, it could be him going, okay, we need to go pick a, a piece up to help us this season. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't put it past Jerry to think about some sort of trade. I'm just uh, I don't even know who that would really look like right now. Right. Like I'm, I'm trying to even think of what teams are kind of out of it or what teams have like depth that they'd be willing to trade. Mm-hmm. And like uh yeah the a's they're 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 well out of it right but like i don't really know i can't really look at any of their starting rotation and think like anybody of theirs gonna um be movable right somebody like the nationals might be you know they're gonna be kind of going to a rebuild mode but i don't really know if there's any starting pitcher on there that sounds like they might be able to be moved. There might be one or two, but then you're talking about really like getting a four or a five, right? Like you're not really getting, you know, you're, you're kind of getting somebody to fill a role that um, <clears throat> potentially, I mean, the, I mean, Chris Flexen's maybe on the way out too. So we can talk about that, but like uh, you might have just as somebody just as good enough in your system. That's good. You're probably going to trade for a four or five. I think that's where I'm going with it. But is there somebody that you're kind of thinking of? Do you think that the Mariners would make a trade here to kind of go get somebody or what are you thinking there? I don't know. I've, I've been trying to rack my brain around it. You know, just if they're not wanting to bring up, um, you know, one of the ma- minor leaguers who they would go and trade. Cause you know, Flexen just doesn't have it. You know, he doesn't have it. And it sucks because, I want all our guys to be successful and I certainly don't like seeing anyone cut. Um, but, uh, you know, a couple of names. I, I think, I don't think it's going to be a young guy if we trade for someone. I think it's going to be a vet. Um, yeah. You know, at one point I thought maybe Madison Bumgarner just because of how cheap he's going to come. But um, I think he's kind of, he's doesn't have anything left in the tank. The more you look at it, I think the, I think the D-backs are paying them to just not be on the team at this point. Um, but, you know, a team, you know, and I, I was talking to a friend, a uh, friend of mine, Brad Hill, shout out you. Um, you know, we were talking about it and he said, um, to me, you know, he thought the Giants might be intriguing, you know, because they got a couple vets there. They got Alex Cobb, you know, a couple guys like that that could be a possibility. You know, I, I don't know what the Giants would ask for him, especially kind of, I feel like we kind of fleeced them last year with the Donnie Walton trade, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I thought maybe at one point, too, you know, we've, we've uh, the Mariners have really um, made a lot of trades with the Reds. Um, but, again, a lot of their guys are young. You know, I don't think they'd part with, like, a, a Graham Ashcraft, you know, certainly not like a Lodolo or Hunter Green, but, I don't think they'd even part with like Graham Ashcraft or something like that. So, you know, it, it, it's in the realm that could trade. I could also see him just stand pat with it, you know, just, just stand pat and bring up Pancock or, you know, give Malone another shot. He didn't have a bad game when he pitched. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, because if you I mean, if you think about it, right, it's it's kind of coming down to where the Mariners might need like two pitchers, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Um, that might be where this is going, but, um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put it past Jerry and team to work something out, but it's also April and I don't even know the history of trades that happen in late April, early May. So it's difficult for me to kind of look into a crystal ball and say like, uh, we're going to try to go get somebody else, especially 
I mean, if Marco starts to have like if Marco's Marco's been incredibly solid for us so far. If Marco, if things start to go south for maybe him, then I think it becomes more of a or a realistic possibility. But um, yeah, uh, I don't know. Something to keep an eye on. Yep. yep. You know, one pitcher it certainly won't be is Justice Sheffield. Um, he was uh, released. Was it today that he got released? Uh, yes, that just came through a couple hours. A couple ago. hours ago. Um, you know, it, it's interesting to see him get released because he uh, came from the Yankees, was supposed to be a pretty good prospect, and just didn't end up panning out. Is this a shock to you, though? Like, really, him getting released? Um, no, not really. I mean, Justice, it's really unfortunate. Um, if you go to what he's done in Tacoma so far this year, um, it's just been really bad. Just, uh, he looks like he's done essentially. Right. And I, and maybe at least certainly done this in like a Mariner uniform, but I think that they, um, you know, they kind of gave him a shot. This kind of in this Tacoma to see if he could maybe get a role for himself in some way or in the bullpen mm-hmm. somehow. Um, but the, the results just haven't been there. And, um, <clears throat> justice had, yeah, I mean, last night on Wednesday, he gave up five runs in his, in his appearance there in, uh, and I think it's in Las Vegas mm-hmm. against the Oakland A's against the Oakland A's triple A team in Las Vegas. That's confusing. Um, cause the Oakland A's are going to be the Las Vegas A's, but regardless, wait, wait, hold on. Uh, you're, yeah, you're so telling I, me, are, aren't they named the 51s? Or the Aces the or ones. something, Las Las Vegas. Uh, the, the Las Vegas Fifty Ones. Okay. And I might. I've got to check my. I got to check my math on that one. Make sure yeah. that's correct. But, um, uh, but anyways, he had a bad outing then, and it just looks like the Mariners were just ready to cut bait and just uh, cut their losses and try to give him, um, uh, try to give him another opportunity somewhere else. Well, so, um, you know, uh, yeah. best of luck. As they say in WWE, we wish him well in his future endeavors. Um, hopefully, he can he can bring it around. Hopefully, it's not for a team that's in our division. Um, but yeah, fun fact though, you know, I'm gonna kind of lighten the mood here a little bit because we don't like to see people get released. Uh, you remember our friend Chris in college, Bo? Mm-hmm. He was a bat boy for the Las Vegas affiliate, and. Um, cool. I uh, went into his dorm room one day and he had a baseball bat sitting there. I'm like, Ooh, you know, was this yours? He goes, Oh no, it was, um, I think it was Josh Timlin, former pitcher. Okay. I go, so why do you have a pitcher's bat? He goes, Oh, he uh, swung and missed on a pitch and struck out and he walked back to the dugout and handed it to me. He goes, you can have it. There's a hole in it. (laughs) So good story. I know. I know. Right. Just, Little, little Las Vegas love there. Um, you know, the other big news, um, you know, we're still waiting. I, I feel like we've been very patient with um, Dylan Moore. <laughs> and uh, I think it finally came out why um, it's taken so long for him to come back. Um, you know, he's he's been through a couple rehab starts and just, you know, seemed to be uncomfortable. It looks like he's dealing with scar tissue, which, uh, you know, I hope they can get that figured out because – you know, I hope it doesn't lead to another surgery where he's got to go get that cleaned out and he's out a, a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, I don't know too much about that side of things. Um, but, uh, I guess my thought also is like Dylan Moore is going to be coming back to a different situation than maybe we thought Dylan Moore was going to be in. I, I, uh, we're going to have probably have a long talk here in a little bit, but like, uh, I think Dylan Moore is coming back to a, uh, I think Dylan Moore is coming back to a situation where he's the everyday second baseman right now. Right? right. Like that's kind of what I'm foreseeing because just how, just how South things have gone with Colton Wong right now. I feel like Dylan Moore is coming into a situation where he needs to be fully healthy and prepared to kind of get, um, you know, maybe not every single day, but taking the majority of the reps there at second base. So, um, I guess take as much time as you need, but we also, we need a second baseman. So, um, I don't, I don't know if you want that smoke, boo. I don't know if you want that smoke, that Wong talk. (laughs) We got into it pretty good the other day. Yeah. I think we got into it pretty good via text message the other day. Um, now I, I do agree. He's going to get a lot of, uh, a lot of playing time when he does come back. Um, 
you know, I just I want him to come back healthy. We don't need him at 80, 90%. We need him, if at all possible, 100%. Because, um, you know, if he's at 80, 90%, there's a good chance he get re- gets re-injured throughout the season. Then if he's missing yep. the playoffs, you know, we're going to, we're not going to have a good time there. But anyways, yep. yeah, let's, uh, you know, I as much as I don't want to, we got to hop into this Philly series. Um, we had a very, very good game one against Philadelphia, um, but two and three were there was a lot of uh, stuff that uh, we that was left to be desired, I guess, um, would be a, a way to put it. Um, yeah, let's just start with game one. Um, game one, Marco got the bump. Um, it was supposed to be Logan Gilbert and how we previewed it. It was Logan Gilbert against Brady Falter. Um, it sounds like, uh, well, I think he had some back tightness, Logan did, and they wanted to give him an extra day off because they were coming off a day off. And it was supposed to be his spot, but they flipped him and Marco to give him an extra day off. Um, a lot of what I heard via the radio guys, um, and then, you know, furthermore, the, the TV guys when I finally got home, um, it looked like, he could have started game one, but they just didn't want to chance it. And, um, you know, Marco came in and pitched uh, pitched pretty well again. You know, I, I really think Marco um, heard a lot of his critics this offseason, and he's really wanting to prove them wrong. And, and so far, I think he is. Yeah, I mean, so far, so good, right? He's um, <clears throat> He's – He's com- his command has been really good. Um, he did give up a homer in this game, but um, I feel like you can't fault him too much there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, he's looking like a little bit of the Marco of old, right? He's looking a little bit like he's um, Marco looks like a pitcher that's been working on some things to kind of help lengthen his career a little bit. Right. It's the stuff that I felt. I wish Felix Hernandez did that. Felix Hernandez would have, changed his approach a little bit or he would have changed something to try to you know lengthen his career a little bit but marco's doing it Mm -hmm. right and um he's limiting hard contact on his baseballs right now which i feel like is super important for him um and he's getting guys to chase and i think it's just uh it's uh i think what i like to see is just like everybody was i feel like a lot of people were down on marco to start the season Mm -hmm. a lot of people didn't think he should have even been the fifth starter and um yeah, incredibly positive performances that we're getting from him thus far. He's giving the team the chance to win every single time, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's as a pitcher, um, which there's some guys that you feel really bad about in this series that pitch really well that didn't get that, mm-hmm. but um, Marco's pitching well enough to help your team win, and I think that's what you want. Um, anytime you know your fourth or your fifth starter goes out, so um, the the way he's pitching this season, yep. it it really looks to me. Like he might have been playing a little bit hurt last season, like something wasn't there. I mean, he, certainly mm-hmm. it could have been that he's was working on stuff in the off season. You know, um, he he took that being left off the postseason roster to heart and thought I need to work on something. You know, and it looks like he he was doing that, but at the same time, it it kind of makes me wonder if he was. It could have not even been like a, a physical thing he was doing. It maybe he had some mental issues that you know, you know. Last year, he got asked in a press conference, you know, about him not being the sexiest pitcher, and they made they kind of made fun of it. But you know, that got it. That kind of probably wore on him, you know, as the season went on. You know, like he yeah. tried to make it into a positive, but deep down, he probably thought, you know, eh, you know, it, whatever. Why are they thinking this? Obviously, that's just speculation. Like we could look at that and whatever but um yeah marco's coming out pitching real good um and uh you know the other guy that that looked pretty well the pitching wise the other two that looked pretty well spire and topa came in and, and looked pretty sharp you know in in relief after marco got off the bump um marco final line why i've got it up here uh final line for marco was five innings pitched four hits one earned uh one run which was earned one base on balls. He only had two Ks, but that one run was a home run. Um, and, uh, 
yeah, Brash came in right after he did and did give up a run, but Spire and Topa came in and and uh, kind of locked the game down for the Mariners. Um, Topa didn't really do anything in note, but Spire uh, did K someone. Uh, that's hold for Spire. That's hold number three. Topa, that's hold number five. And then Seawald came in, got the save, but he did give up a run. Very, very long home run, which uh, I don't know. I, I Is it just me, Bo, or do you feel like uh, Paul Seawald is you know, giving up the long ball a lot this season? You know, even when we have those two, three, four run leads, I feel like he's given up a lot of solo home runs in his appearances. I think so. I think so. And I feel like there's just been outings where he's had bigger leads and he has just kind of, I don't know, maybe left the ball over the plate in some of those instances just because he has those bigger leads and a little bit more of a padding there. So I do, I do agree with you that I feel like he has given that Mm up. I don't know if he's given it up much more than what he did last year, but certainly the most recent game. And then I think during Chicago, he did the same, but, um, yeah, then I'd just be a function of him having those bigger leads at the time. So he has pitched a little tighter, I feel like, when the game's, I guess, closer, mm-hmm. maybe. That's kind of the way I feel about it, but um, still solid. And then um, I think Matt Brash did hit somebody in this game, too, and I think he did give up an earned run. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of feel like Matt Brash is like the microcosm of what our bullpen's been, like in terms of um he strikes out he just strikes out so many people. Oh, yeah. mike brash Ma- Ma- mike brash matt brash strikes out nearly everybody like mike brash is like his k per nine for like league leaders right now in terms of relievers is an astronomically high right mm-hmm. like incredibly high but um you know he's still walking about four per nine he hit somebody in this game like he's just he hasn't found that that consistency that I think we want from a bullpen at this point, but like he can still get guys out on a dime. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think, uh, I think he's going to get there. I think it's just, uh, I think it's just a matter of some more reps. I think he might still be shaking off some things early on in the season, but um, yeah, still impressed with Matt Brash thus far. I just wish there was probably some more consistency yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Um, you got to think that Matt Brash's ERA is going to come down. It's sitting, about 5.5 right now. I'm, I'm sure it's going to come down as the season goes on. He's going to tighten it up a little bit. I don't think we need to worry about him um, losing his position in the bullpen quite yet because he's caying so many people, you know. So, um, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> offensively, um, I don't know. It was kind of a mixed bag to me. We did, you know, the Mariners did win 5-3. to three. Kelnick had his seventh home run. Tio had his seventh home run. Um, you know, Kelnick was a triple shy of the cycle. You know, had had a very good game. Um, and the bottom of the order kind of came through. You know, Cal went one for four in the seven hole. Um, Jose Caballero went one for three with a run and RBI. Got his, his first RBI in the major leagues. And then JP one for three, one RBI. Had another base on balls. You know, I think we need to have a base on balls tracker for JP because – he is just walking, I, I feel like, a very, very big um, amount right now. But the uh, the top of the lineup, and, and I think this was pretty consistent throughout the series, um, the top of the lineup hasn't been doing much. Julio went 0 for 4, had 2 Ks. Ty France 0 for 4, 1 K. Both of them left people on base. Suarez only went 1 for 4. You know, 1 run, 2 Ks. Um, is, the, is the top of the order starting to kind of... Uh, kind of worry you i guess you know uh, you know we're going to get into t- the next game which would have been wednesday's game and uh you know julio struck out in a lot of uh big moments including the uh final out of the game yeah top of the order is top of the order doesn't look like the top of the order whatsoever right now right like mm-hmm. uh Ty France, Julio, like I think over the last week, week and a half or something, both of them are batting under 200. Um, <clears throat> I think it was on that Sunday game that I watched. I think both of them got into a double play. Um, we're just, uh, yeah, not acting like the top of the order whatsoever, right? And I know Ty France had a really hot start. Um, <clears throat> Ty France had a really hot start. It's come down really, really hard. Actually, really, really 
a steep cliff, I would say, over the last week and a half since I think the end of the Colorado series. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's, you know, you wish you could have, you, you, you know, you wish you could like, one of them could be going on, one of them could be going off, right? Slumps are going to happen. Guys are going to get into ruts, right? Mm-hmm. But when it happens at the same time, that's the that's the pain point there. Um, and we're kind of getting that right now. And then yeah, I think you saw, you saw Scott jump Jared in the lineup up. And I think it was on the, was it the Tuesday game yeah. or the Wednesday no, game? I the think Wednesday Jared game. ended up batting third, yeah. the Wednesday game. So I think you might be seeing a little bit more of that, maybe a little bit more of a playing of the lineup just to kind of maybe shift guys around. And you could, <laughs> I, I would be surprised if they do try to put Kelnick in, maybe in the one or the two hole, right? Especially with just, it seems like Julio's, I don't know. I, we can, we'll talk about Julio's other games and his golden Sombrero game coming up here, but I think they probably do need to do a little bit of the shifting around just to try to have, I don't know, give guys some different looks, give them some different at bats, but it also, you know, you point out that JP's getting on base a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, I wish we could take better advantage of that, right? Because that's just basically like having a leadoff hitter that gets on base, and then you know you've got your best hitter guy, you got your best hitter up with Julio that could take advantage of it. And um, we're not seeing that a whole lot. I know Julio hit a home run recently, but um, I just uh, we're not seeing it right now. Both those guys are just uh, like honestly the two of the worst hitters of the last two weeks. That's just the simplest way to put it, right? Yeah. So uh, d- struggling, but hopefully, uh, hopefully we can kind of work our way out of that soon. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, we can go to the next game because there's not much else to talk about for the Tuesday game. Wednesday game, um, it was J-Rod's uh, Golden Sombrero game. He, he earned a Golden Sombrero, which is something no hitter ever wants to have. Um, he did have a home run during the game. It was his fifth home run, but uh, it was a solo home run, and he proceeded to strike out four times. The rest of the game, including uh, against Alvarado with... Uh, JP on base. JP had a excellent line down the uh, right field side. Uh, I think that was a double. I think it was a double. I think he was on second. It really, really put the Mariners in position. And then Julio, um, you know, didn't come through. And I, I feel like we're saying that a lot. Um, I don't know. I don't know about you, Bo, but I feel very almost uh, reminiscent of last season. Where it's just like we, in April, the Mariners just, bats weren't going, you know, they were leaving people on base and, you know, I'm, I'm hoping they can pick it up in May like they did last season. But, uh, I don't know. It, it makes baseball hard to watch in April. Yeah. And I think the point that, um, the point that I keep thinking about is like, we didn't really know like Julio was very much still trying to work it out in April and figure it out and adjusting to major league baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't have Cal Raleigh basically doing anything that Cal Raleigh was close to. Right. Um, we obviously didn't have Jared Kelnick being what Jared Kelnick is now. Mm-hmm. Um, and all these guys, you know, are there now all these guys are kind of like they're. I don't want to say they're fully evolved forms of themselves, but like, you know, we, we know what Julio can be. We know what um, Cal Raleigh can be. And we're seeing that with Kelnick right now. But, um, <clears throat> you know, there's not a lot of other upside on the offensive side that I think we're going to get right now. Right. Kelnick was our big offensive push that we we're going to get. Mm-hmm. And we're totally cashing that in right now. But we need. Uh, yeah, we need the top guys to start playing like top guys and hitting like yep. them. And um, <clears throat> yeah, we didn't see that. I guess we saw that a little bit on the Tuesday, the Wednesday game. Uh, but certainly not on the Thursday game. So um, yeah. Wednesday game, let's finish up the offensive stats here. Uh, Ty France went 0 for 4, had a K. Kelnick, first shot in the three hole, 0 for 4, did have three Ks. Uh, I know one of the Ks uh, was a very, very suspect call. I feel that was another theme throughout the weekend. Um, I don't know if you caught on this. Um, the umpiring was pretty shifty for the most part yep. Laz diaz was was not good wednesday um you know yep. i can't remember who was behind the the dish on wednesday but he wasn't great and then today um very suspect call on kirby's first walk of the season and uh i don't know it just you got to kind of adapt and overcome but uh just something you notice 
Uh, Suarez went two for four, had a K. Tio went 0 for four, had two Ks. Um, and then the bottom of the order here, Cal one for four, Pollock one for four, Wong one for two, and then JP had a, a, a masterful game, kind of like a revenge game against Philadelphia. You know, there was a lot of a lot of talk by the broadcasters this week um, during this series about how JP uh, was angry after he left Philly, you know, um, just the way mm-hmm. that he was treated by fans. And um, I think it was Dave Sims came out and said, you know, he, he was very angry. He was the type of guy you didn't want to go up and talk to um, just because he, he never had a smile on his face. And it took guys like um, Kyle Seeger and D Gordon to kind of get him out of his funk and kind of bring back his love for his, for baseball. And um, I don't know. It was just, that was probably my biggest positive from Wednesday's game was uh, JP going three for four, having a, a grand slam. It was his first home run of the season, leading the team in RBIs that day. And uh, really got the only hit with runners in scoring position because uh, the team went 0 for 4. So he's got to have the lone hit yep. if he's got a grand slam. So, um, yeah, what do you think on JP? I mean, um, you know, that I already didn't say. Yeah, no, I think you said I think you said it well. I think you said it well. Um very uh it was very positive to see him get the ball out of the ballpark and um especially doing it against philadelphia mm-hmm. and kind of the journey he's been on right jp crawford was a was a big big prospect name um you know back in i mean i want to say even like 2012 2013 and yeah didn't live didn't live up to a lot of the hype i think at the time with philadelphia and it's just good to, it's just great to see his kind of journey and um, you know, he signed an extension with Seattle and um, the fact that he wants to be here, he likes to be here. And, you know, right now is delivering is, uh, is, uh, is fun to see. Mm-hmm. So I love myself some JP. Yep. 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 Always fun to watch. Um, you know, although he did have an error in Thursday's game, I'm not going to hold that against him. Uh, like you're going to hold it against Wong coming up. Let's get to the pitching stats real quickly. Um, Gilbert went five innings. Seven hits, four runs, four earned, uh, one base on balls. Did have six Ks, did give up a home run. Um, I know Scott talked before the game, wanted him to go at least seven. So, um, you know, kind of disappointing that uh, he didn't go seven. Trevor Gott came in and had a, a great inning in a third, had two Ks. Um, I think at one point they had mentioned that he he's like a bulldog on the mound. Um, you know, he, he, mm-hmm. he gets after it, you know, he's not a very, he's a short guy. He's not a very overpowering pitcher. Um, but like his two seamer looked great. 89 miles an hour clip in the, the corner of the zone. Um, you know, he's looking, he's looking really good. You know who he reminds me of the more they said something. And maybe it's just because he was in the booth a couple nights ago. I think it was the Saturday game against the Cardinals. Shigatosi Hasegawa. Um, I don't know. Very, very reminiscent. Shigatosi Hasegawa. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He very, like, was never an overpowering pitcher, oh. but had a lot of movement, uh, you know, and just just a fun player to watch. And again, it could have just came to me because Shiggy was in talking. He, he did an inning with um, Aaron Goldsmith, and I think Angie was in the, the booth that time. But he didn't inning, and he he was kind of fun to listen to, because uh, you know he's got some pretty good English. But you could tell, you know, he uh, uh, he's he's grateful to come back to Seattle, and he actually he actually roasted himself a couple times, you know, saying, <laughs> you know, you know, I had a great couple of years, and I had a really bad couple of years. So, but yeah, that I don't know that comparison fair. I feel like that's a fair comparison. That's a good one. I like that. I like that. Yeah, they're both. I mean, I'm trying to think. I don't remember how tall Hasegawa was, but yeah, no, I like that comparison. It's fun. You know, yeah. if if he plays like Hasegawa, he could make an All Star game. You, you never know. You know. Well, there you go. That's a good point. <laughs> that's point. that's another thing he roasted himself about. He's like, I went to the All Star game, was having a great time, then I came in and gave up a home run. <laughs> so. 
Yeah. Um, just or Justin. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'll I'll jump in here and say my note. Um, before before we jump into the bad. Uh, but Logan Gilbert. Um, the spin was up on a, most of all of his pitches. Um, the velocity was actually up on the fastball, and like I know he gave up a home run in this game, and you know I think still gave up four earned run, but um. I uh, I feel like a lot of the peripherals, a lot of like the advanced stuff on Logan Gilbert still looks very positive. So I'm still very high on, I think him going forward. I think he's going to, I think that ERA is going to start to tip down over his next couple starts. Yeah. So um, let's, uh, let's dive into the bad. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hold on real quick. Uh, Gabe Spire again, had a great uh, point, uh, point two, two and a third innings only gave up a hit. Topa did blow the save. At the end of the game, he he yep. did not credit, get credit yep. for an inning. He gave up four hits, two runs, two earned runs, which could lead off our negatives here. And then Penn Murphy came in and, and worked the rest of the ninth. Um, I don't know. Between Topa and, I don't know, just the I, – I think the biggest negative of the whole game, and it kind of fell into Thursday's game too – was our lack of offense, especially after the second inning. Like I feel like there's been a couple times this season that the Mariners have scored runs in the first two innings, and then they can't score runs the rest of the game. Yeah, I think as the game goes along and they move from the starter to the bullpen, um, I feel like that's uh, that's an accurate representation of what's been happening so far. Mm-hmm. Um I believe it is now 16 innings without a run. Um, but you, uh, I think you make the, make a good point of just after we move beyond that starter, things get, things get a little tough for us. And I, and I would credit like Philadelphia does have a relatively good bullpen. Mm-hmm. Um, the Cardinals, I think had a middle or so bullpen. So, um, <clears throat> that might be part of it too, but, uh, yeah, I, I think we'll probably have to pull some stats on that for next time, but I do feel like, <clears throat> I think that's a, I think that's a valid point, mm-hmm. but, um, I think, uh, to me, this just comes back to, um, looking back at the pit, I'm go- going back to the pitching. We can bounce back and forth here, but, uh, you know, the eighth inning, um, I guess I, I'm trying to remember, yes. I think Topa gave it up in the eighth, in the eighth, I think Topa gave it up. It just, uh, it just reiterates, um, I can't wait for Andres Munoz to get back. Right. That's, uh, you know, the seventh, eighth inning, those big out innings. That's what, that's the moments that we need him for. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, the faster that he can get back to. Um, all the better. Yeah, yeah, and I know, I know, one of your negatives is gonna be Colton Wong. We we've kind of been hanging over our heads this whole show. Um, I don't know. I think his bat. I want to believe his bat's starting to heat up. He went one for two, had his first extra base hit of the season. Um, he was on base when JP hit his home run, but. The thing you're going to point out is he had a very big defensive lapse in the eighth. So what I'll say is like when I go back and watch it, when you watch the, the hit off real Muto's bat from above, it looks like Colton didn't really have a chance at the ball. Well, I guess on the camera angle that I saw from Brew, it thought he had a better angle on the ball. He could he should have played it right. And like at the time probably was caught up in the moment and didn't really thought that Colton Wong didn't really make as good of a play on it. Right. I guess my mind goes to like, you know, you're in the, you know, you're in the eighth inning, you're having a hard time getting outs, like, and you can pull a double play ball, just like get in front of the ball. Mm-hmm. Right. I feel like that's like the, the way that like a coach would tell you. Right. Um, but I also credit, right. It was 106 off the bat from JT Rilamuto. Um, expecting batting average on a hit like that's very high, right? So, like, I will give Colton Wong the 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 benefit of my doubt on that, I guess. But um, I think, regardless, I think there was some shakeup that occurred there because you know, not soon after that, um, we get a perfect double double play ball hit to JP, throws it to Colton, Colton bobbles it, mm-hmm. right? So, like, I think there was still some shakeup there on his side. And I think that just goes along with, I think Colton Wong is a little bit of the, the punching bag right now for a little bit of the Mariners fan base for some of the struggles that we're having. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel bad because um, 
you know, he was another guy that I think he, you know, was excited to come here and um, excited to kind of get a new start. And um, we just haven't seen it. And I don't know. Right now, I um, I think he leads he leads the team in negative defensive run saves. Mm-hmm. Um, everything on the baseball savant side. Yes, he did have a nice hit in this game. But um, I'm just trying to find positives for Colton Wong right now. And it's just it's difficult for me to find anything to say like, oh, this is something that he's going to turn around or this is something he's going to change. It's just uh, it's difficult for me to do that right now. That's all I'm going to say. I don't know if I don't know if you say anything. I know you're very positive still on Colton Wong, but um, it's very difficult for me to find anything for him before his eighth inning collapse. I was on the game thread on Reddit and I said after his double, I I put Colton Long's going to start heating up and we're going to forget about his first few weeks in a Mariners uniform. And I still believe that could be true. Um, with that being said, um, we were kind of arguing uh, via text message in the eighth, especially about the long one. You said, go back and watch it. And I did go back and watch it. And it sounds like you went back to wa- back to watch it. And I, I, I feel like we, by the end of it, we both had some common ground on that. But not soon after when he bobbled that second, that uh, double play, I text you, I'm like, okay, you can have that one. Like that should have been a, a, a double play and he didn't get it. So um, I kind of wonder if like him missing the the grounder from Romuto kind of screwed with his head. Um, yeah. I don't know. He's playing more because there was a couple – there was a couple up the middle, um, although one kind of ended more in shower, right? But he played way in the hole against Brandon Marsh. And I feel like if he was more towards second, he would have had a play on that ball. And then he played more towards second to get the double play. And Real Muto hit the ball up the middle again, and he missed that. So I wonder if missing a couple of those plays kind of screwed with his head when the double play finally got turned, you know? Um Potentially, Potentially yeah. but I don't know. I think he I think he has a chance to turn it around. It's going to be real interesting to see what happens when Dylan Moore comes back because, like I said, I still think Dylan's going to get a lot of playing time. You know, it's going to be on Colton to yeah. come back in against righties and whenever he gets his chance and come in and show that he needs to get some more playing time. You know, right now he's got a chance to sh- show that right now with Dylan's progress being delayed. Yep. Agreed. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I have too much else to say about it, but yeah, um, yeah, I'm still hopeful. I'm still hopeful, right? His batting average and balls in play is pretty down right now. So there's a little bit of luck that he's not getting. So there's a couple things that maybe I can point to, but, um, Still very hopeful he'll figure it out and be a you know positive contributor to this yeah. team. So um, we're gonna move to the Thursday game and it's gonna be really quick. Not because we're running out of time, because old Mister George Kirby got Felixed during the game. Kirby spun a gym, went eight innings, gave up only four hits, one run, one earned run, a very suspect one base on balls, and get in and struck out seven. He pitched a, a very great game, brought his ERA down under three. Like, that's what you want a pitcher to do, especially with how our bullpen's been being used. Like, this was the game that we needed to score some runs, and the Mariners didn't. You know, offensively, J-Rod, 0 for 4, 2Ks. Ty France, 0 for 3, 2Ks. Suarez, 0 for 4, 1K. Tio, 0 for 2, 2Ks. Pollock, 0 for 2. Our three hits, we had three hits the whole freaking game, and two of them came from Tom Murphy, who hasn't been hitting the ball great, had a double, had the only extra base hit for the Mariners on the game, and then our other hit came from good old Tommy Lestella, went one for one in a pinch hit situation. So, I, again, that was the theme of the, of the whole series, and it showed in the Thursday game, top of the lineup couldn't produce and it's starting it's starting to scare me a little bit i'm not going to be lying it's starting to scare me a little bit but again it's also very reminiscent of last year very reminiscent of last year and it's just the 
you know, the offense was the thing last year where it was like, oh, well, it's just the offense and the pitching's going to hold us. And that this game was a microcosm of the last season, mm-hmm. right? Like, um, uh, and yeah, there's not a lot of positives here. It is getting me, a, I, I, I don't want to say it's getting too, it's worrying me too much, but like, I think maybe the a worrying part is like, this came against Matt Strom. Mm-hmm. Do you know who Matt Strom is? Have you ever heard of Matt Strom? Well, like that's I, I don't mean that in a bad way, but like he is Philadelphia's fifth starter, right? Mm-hmm. And if we can do anything against uh, uh, not a soft throwing lefty by any means, but like um, <clears throat> their fifth starter, like I just uh, I feel like we needed a better effort out of today, right? Like he didn't have he wasn't dominating by any means. He didn't have a whole lot of swing and misses. Like he wasn't shutting our guys down. Like we had a ton of swing and misses against Jack Flaherty on the Sunday game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, he got it to the bullpen and the bullpen took advantage of us after that. Right. So like, um, I think that's probably the worrisome part is just like, this was, we did this against one of Philadelphia's least best starters mm-hmm. and we just, uh, we just looked lost today. We just looked lost today. And I don't know if it was just the, how we lost the previous night or what it was, but obviously Julio and Ty France, they're in a funk. Um, and, um, yeah, I don't even know if there's even much more to say about this yeah. game. It just, uh, no good parts about um, it. No good parts about it. Besides no good parts about the offense. That yep. is no good parts about, um, all good parts about George Kirby. No good parts about the offense. I'm, I'm putting the notes away because there's just not much else to say, but, um, going forward, we've got, I think the biggest series of the early season coming up because the Mariners next series, they're still on the road. They're traveling to Toronto to play the Blue Jays. And the Blue Jays are are looking for redemption from last postseason. Mariners swept them in the wild card round. And uh, <laughs> we're going to see uh, three pitchers that we saw, or two pitchers that we saw in that series. Um, Friday, yeah, that's Friday's game, right? Friday's game, thank you. <laughs> um Freddy's game, La Pedra, Luis Castillo versus Alec Manoa. Probably going to be a very, probably the best pitching matchup of the whole series. Um, Saturday, we got Flexen versus Kevin Gaussman. Um, that one's scary a little bit because uh, Manoa isn't pitching great, but Gaussman's pitching pretty well for Toronto. And then the Sunday game, the, the I'm, I'm assuming, I don't know what the time, time the game's at, the afternoon game. Marco versus Chris Bassett. Um, I don't know, but are, with our with the Mariners' struggles this season, are you worried about going to Toronto? Um, I am. I am. I think this series this 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 series probably worries me a little bit. Um, just given that the Blue Jays are are playing pretty well. Um. <clears throat> Alex Manoa is obviously a different case, but like the Blue Jays themselves, the offense for the Blue Jays is in a, is in a good place right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am worried about us going there. You know, I think maybe hopefully there's a mental aspect of us, you know, going in there and winning the series against them last year in the wild card series. But um, yeah, it just seems like the offense is just in a funk right now. Maybe, maybe against Manoa, they can get a little bit of it back, but um yeah, especially I think that Saturday game um, with a huge question mark of if Chris Flexen is going to start that game, if should he should he even start that game? That's you know I think probably something else we could debate. Like I don't even know if he's going to make that start, but the Saturday game worries me quite a bit. Um, but uh, you know I'm I'm confident with Marco right now that the Sunday game will be a good one. Uh, I'm confident that the Friday one with Castillo will be a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, so those guys are going to give us a chance to pitch, and I just hope that we kind of break out of this. Regardless of this funk that we are in. So that's my hope. Same here. Uh, you know, we've, we've kind of talked about it ad nauseum. We don't know what's going to happen with Flexen. He could not even start that game. Um, I'm of the opinion where you have um, the Mariners give him one more start. You know, this is kind of make or break for him. You know, uh, so we'll see what happens for that Saturday game. But real excited for Friday. Castillo versus Manoa is going to be a good, good matchup. And then I... I like the game I'm looking forward to is Sunday. Uh, I want to see Marco versus Bassett. Um, Marco's playing where he didn't get a play last season. Um, you know, it would be, 
I don't know. It'd be a fun storyline if he could come in and, and give us like seven strong and strike five or more out. Like, I think that would be cool. You know, given, given the Mariners a chance to win it, that would be I don't know, real phenomenal, I guess, for Marcos. So that's what I hope. But, um, you know, there's not much else to preview at this point for the Mariners. You know, you just got to hope that they can come in and uh, get the offense rolling. Yep, agreed. That's all I'm all I'm hoping for. Just kind of get little hits here, little hits there, and um, you know, just get something moving. And hopefully, Kelnick can kind of continue this hot streak. Kelnick, and I would say Teo, 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 Teo Oscar Hernandez. Hope those those guys kind of keep keep moving, keep it moving along. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Anyways, that's our show for the day. Uh, Bo, you got any more little nuggets before we get out of here? Uh, Emerson Hancock tonight uh, against uh, a team that I'm familiar with, the Tulsa Drillers. Uh, five innings pitched, five innings pitched, no earned runs, uh, eight strikeouts, two walks tonight. So wow, um, keep them on your radar. Keep them on you your radar. Yeah. Both. I don't know if we've discussed that on the show before. You're very, very uh, much a part of the Tulsa Drillers team, or at least you were, um, because you worked. What did you do there for Tulsa? I know that was one of your first jobs coming out of college. Oh, I was just I was just an intern, stadium operations intern there. Yep. yep. Did you have fun there though? Probably the most yep. part. Yeah. Fun times, good time, good time down there in Oklahoma. Cool. Yep. Well, that's it from you, Bo. That's it for me. I don't have much else to say, but uh, yeah. For all our listeners in the Puget Sound, Pacific Northwest, and beyond, thank you for taking time to listen to another edition of the Forks Down Podcast. For Bo Chisholm, I'm Rick Clark, and we'll see you guys on Tuesday.